How's it going, everyone? And welcome to the inaugural episode of ATL 15, everything you need to know about Atlanta sports in 15 minutes or less. This is your host, Mark Cochran, sports broadcaster and Atlanta native, and uh, that's what this show is going to be about. It's going to just cover kind of all the major Atlanta sports teams, um, also including uh, the University of Georgia Bulldogs. I know in Athens, a little bit outside of Atlanta, but biggest college football team in the state, so I figured it was appropriate. So we're going to be covering the Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta United, Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and Georgia State Panthers. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we're going to focus on, trying to give you guys all the information you need on all your local teams. And uh, what a week to start, because this has pretty much been the worst week in the history of Atlanta sports. I cannot think of another one. I think you'd be hard-pressed to think of another one. And I think the best way to sum up this week is anything that can go wrong will go wrong. I mean, that that's the motto for Georgia sports at this point. And, of course, this week is the ba- biggest example of it uh the braves falcons bulldogs yellow jackets and even the hawks in the preseason all lost um atlanta united did not play this week and the really only winner out of these teams was the georgia state panthers who did come out with a victory over coastal uh carolina so we'll get to that in just a little bit but uh we're gonna start off With the Atlanta Braves. Because the season ends in just horribly disappointing fashion. Like, at the beginning of the year, we all knew the pitching was suspect. And with really no offseason moves made, it would probably stay that way. And we were right for much of the season. The emergence, though, of Mike Soroka and Max Freed. Well, they really provided the Braves with the life really kind of the life preservers, especially when Fulte, Mike Fultonevich, really faltered and was demoted down to AAA. Also, the addition of Dallas Keuchel at the trade deadline helped with the starting pitching massively. And uh, the bullpen, though. Bullpen was pretty awful for most of the year, except for, surprisingly, Luke Jackson, who after just the worst first game imaginable for the poor guy, uh, really helped kind of buoy the bullpen for much of the much of the season until they finally got some bullpen help at the trade deadline with the additions of Mark Melanson, Chris Martin, and Shane um, Jane Green. And so, you know, that really helped them. As that went on, the offense, though, was pretty great the whole season. Never really was called into question at any one time. Uh, maybe some slumps here or there, but pretty consistent. So how bizarre was it that the postseason was the exact opposite of the regular season as far as those two things. The bats were non-existent, and the pitching was actually really good, minus the first three innings of Game 5, which we're going to talk about. Yes, I know, the Braves bench, you know, it had been shortened due to injuries. The Charlie Culberson one, probably the biggest one with him taking the pitch to the face. A big utility guy lost for the postseason. Also, Ender Arte was out for the postseason. And then Freddie was even... Banged up, had a wrist injury at the uh, last week or so of the year uh, leading into the postseason. But at the end of the day, there's there's no excuse for your three, four, and five hitters to go 10 for 60 in the postseason. That's batting a combined 167 from Freddie Freeman, Josh Donaldson, and Nick Markakis. 
that that's when they're needed the most. That is completely inexcusable and a huge reason as to why the Braves ended up losing. The Braves batted 271 with runners in scoring position during the regular season, but only 128. That is five hits in 39 chances with runners in scoring position in the NLDS. That's inexcusable. That That is absolutely horrible, and that's what we saw in Game 4. Two huge chances to really put that game away with the bases loaded and less than two outs and two different scenarios getting zero runs in that game. Cardinals end up winning, leads to Game 5, and then, of course, the complete collapse happens. Pitching staff, they really got no help with all this, and the Braves in their season... For the second time in the first round, um, going back to last season. Last year, the difference, though, it was positive. The Dodgers were a far superior team. The Braves were a little bit early to the party as well. They did a little better than we expected. But this season, this season, there was really nothing positive about this in LDS. The Cardinals are a mediocre baseball team at best, and the Braves a far, far better one. But due to the lack of situational hitting, or really hitting in general for that matter, they find themselves with an early exit and a fan base that is pissed. Yeah, they're going to have to do a lot to come back from this. I'm not really sure what they're going to be able to do, but they're going to have to do something and probably do it pretty fast. Also, just what a way to go out. Doesn't get much worse than that. You give up 10 runs in the first inning to give yourself absolutely zero chance in the deciding game at home, of all things, and Fulty, Fulty just has to get, he has to get his mind right, I mean, he's got to learn how to recover after he gets tagged, and not just mentally collapse out there, we've seen it time and time again with him, and that's probably his biggest flaw as a pitcher, so, you know, we'll see what he's able to do, um, he had such a great end of the season until that last game, that it's just so frustrating with him, he looks so good, And then he has outings like that where it just keeps the question mark up there and the reliability factor continues, you know, continues to be a problem. So we'll see what he's able to do. But ultimately, that was just it was the worst experience I know I've ever had at a sporting event. So we'll have to see what this team does, how they're able to recover and uh, how the fans react next year, because it might be a do or die year for the Braves with the base that they have of amazing players. Um and the expectations now after two two seasons of winning the division and then this season of just totally throwing it away. So we'll see what they're able to do. Now we're going to move on to the Atlanta Falcons. And um, I don't even know where to start, really, with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, boy, uh, what a way to just close out this week. Um, the Falcons' defense just does not show up for three quarters and is just getting destroyed by the Arizona Cardinals. Not a good football team. They're down 27-10 in the third, and it pretty much looked impossible at the time. But then they finally realized that they were in a football game, and the defense showed up from then on, which was just bizarre kind of to see them just flip the switch that quickly. The offense was almost the exact same thing. They realized that their goal was actually to score touchdowns, so they too started performing, and it looked like the Falcons' offense of old, with Matt Ryan just tearing up the Cardinals' defense, and they ended up tying the game at 27. Cardinals were then gifted an amazing field position due to a just 
baffling fair catch interference call, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. And they ended up scoring to take the lead 34-27. But Matt Ryan and the Dirty Birds would not be deterred, and they marched right down to score with about a minute 53 to go in the ballgame. All they needed now is just the PAT, and we're going to be tied. Matt Bryant, Money Matt, steps in. No one bats an eye because, I mean, he's the man when it comes to kicking. He's Mr. Reliable. But everyone just watched in amazement, despair, and a slight amusement as the ball sails wide left and the Falcons remained down 34-33, to which would end up being the final score. And it just capped off the most incredible the most incredible of bad weeks for the state of Georgia. The game obviously was just bad, but the officiating didn't help, and it just further proves that anything can and will go wrong for this state when it comes to sports. The Falcons got robbed of a fumble in the second quarter when Demir Bird was tackled at the two-yard line after a 58-yard completion and appeared to fumble with Demonte uh, Kazee recovering. After reviewing, the play stood. Now, you know, when you look at it, it not necessarily is a clear-cut play, but is one that if it was called a fumble, it would have stood. So again, just it's one of those that's just bad luck for the Falcons. And then another one in, this, in similar fashion came at the end of the game when Kyler Murray ran on third and five with about a minute and a half to go. If he's short, the Falcons get another shot to win, and if he gets it, then the Cardinals can just kneel down and take the victory. He appeared short, but it was ruled a first down. Replay shows the ball appearing to be behind the line when he stepped out, but the call eventually stands. And another one, where if the call in the field was that it was short, it would have stood. So literally nothing but just bad luck for the Falcons. Um... But then the one that was just absolutely absurd was the fair catch interference call that set up the eventual game-winning score when Sharon Neesman backed off of Farrell uh, Farrell Cooper, who signaled fair catch and was flagged for the interference. Um, That one just made no sense to anyone. No contact was made, and Cooper didn't even try and catch the ball. He bailed uh, from it anyway. And then after all this crap, you know, just horrible defense inconsistent offense, bad officiating, and just plain bad luck. Bryant misses his first point after of the season just to just push the dagger even further into all of our hearts. And it's it's just such a shame, even more so, more so, because Matt Ryan was just so, so good in this ballgame. 30 of 36, 356 yards, and four touchdowns with no picks, and they lose. What more can Matt Ryan do than he's already done? It's just, oh, it's just, I feel so bad for the guy. He's second in the league with 2,011 passing yards, and he's first in passing touchdowns with 15. And it's just too bad that he's on this Falcons team. Uh, ultimately, something has to be done at this point, and really that something should be the removal of both Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov. The season's got to be pretty much over at this point. There, There's nowhere really to go. Falcons have now lost four in a row. And the, the schedule only gets harder from here. So just a very, very disappointing game for the Atlanta Falcons. Moving on to the Georgia Bulldogs. They had almost the same game as the Falcons as they lose in massive upset fashion 
to the South Carolina Gamecocks at home. Uh, man, again, missed field goals, a big thing, but not ultimately the real reason that they lost. Um, an overtime loss, actually double overtime loss there for the Bulldogs with Rodrigo uh, Rodrigo Blankenship missing a 42-yard field goal to give the Gamecocks the win. The crazy part was the Gamecocks missed a field goal that would have won it in the first overtime, and then Blankenship misses one to lose it in the second overtime. Yeah, Georgia number three ranked at the time, a 21-point favorite. Um, unlike South Carolina that has not had a good season as of yet. And now it's just going to be a tough one for the Bulldogs. they got to win out, obviously. If they do win out, win the SEC championship game, they will still be in the college football playoffs. So, season's not completely gone, but boy, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth of the Bulldogs. Um, yeah, so much, so much wrong. The offensive play calling was just absolutely horrible by James Coley. Jake Fromm had his worst game as a Georgia Bulldog. He did not have an interception going in to this game, but then, of course, has three picks in the game, one touchdown, and 295 yards. He was 28 of 51, just not a great not a great performance, and some tough decisions made as well, especially that pick six. The offensive line, which people have talked about all year, and to me, really hadn't been living up to expectations. Well, they weren't very good either. They couldn't pass block, they couldn't run block, and were completely manhandled by the South Carolina defensive line. And uh, Kirby Smart, he didn't help into the game, not going for the field goal, but with Rodrigo Blankenship. Uh, I mean, to be fair, after the penalty, it would have been like a 60-yard field goal, but we know Rodrigo's leg, and I think you at least give that a shot. I think you have a better chance than what they ended up doing. Um... That was just kind of confusing, and uh, it continues to look like Kirby Smart, not the best in-game manager when it comes to coaching. Uh, we've seen that several times with the national championship game and the SEC championship game last year, unable to defend a backup quarterback in both years. Um, we'll just see where that leads to, but it's going to be tough for the Bulldogs um, coming up after that loss. Georgia Tech had a tough one as well as they got manhandled by the uh, Duke Blue Devils. Not a great look for them as they lose 41-23. First half, they were just absolutely destroyed. With 28 points being scored by the Blue Devils in the second quarter alone. Uh, the defense, though, stepped up in the second half, and they held Duke to just three points in the third and fourth quarter, but it was not enough as they get schlacked 41-23. to Tough season here for the Yellow Jackets. 1-5 on the year. Georgia State, though, got the win. The lone Georgia team really with a win, at least as far as major sports go, as they beat Coastal Carolina 31-21. to um, Nice to see from Georgia State. Georgia State having a good year, 4-2 and right now, second in the Sun Belt behind only Appalachian State, who is undefeated at the moment. Lane United was not in action this week, but they will be coming up on Saturday. They the playoffs start for the MLS and they will be taking on the New England Revolution at 1 p.m. on Saturday. They just beat the Revolution like two weeks ago, three to one to cap off the regular season. So they got to turn right around and play them again. Again this game will be at home. So uh you know good environment there for the United and then finally, the Atlanta Hawks have started preseason. They were 0-2, lost to the Pelicans back on October 7th, and then lost to the Magic on October 9th. 
um, just to start the preseason. Those really don't matter yet, but it's a good narrative just further showing that Georgia sports all lost really this week. So not really much more to add here for the first episode of ATL 15, just all kind of a dour dour situation in the state of Georgia, at least sports-wise, and hopefully next week it'll at least be better than this. I can't foresee it being any worse. So hopefully we have some more positives to talk about next week. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at MarkyMarkBrand. I like to try and keep up with Atlanta sports. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Leave a rating and review on iTunes if you so choose. And uh, join me next week for another episode of ATL 15.